praise right now. You say, I have decided. I'm with you, Jesus. I'm following you. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord. Let's just lift our voices to God right now. Just tell him that you love him. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me, God. Thank you that you haven't forsaken me or abandoned me, even in my moments of weakness or foolishness, God. Your love goes forward. Your grace is strong enough for my needs. We love you, God. We welcome your presence here this morning. Speak to us, God. We open our hearts to you. We want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Why don't you high-five two people around you, and you can feel free to fist bump if you're a germaphobe. I love it. I love seeing this excitement and passion. That's what I'm talking about. This is a passionate service. I love this service. I love you guys. Do you realize that there's only two weeks left until the launch of Generation Church Awatuki Campus? Come on. That's amazing. Our church is expanding and growing and multiplying and stretching across the valley. So tell your friends in Tempe and Chandler and Ahwatukee and South Phoenix and Maricopa and Levine, maybe you don't even know where any of these places are, that we're coming. We're coming to them. And if you live closer to there, I want to invite you to be a part of what's happening there. You're still going to be a part of our church family. And I'm even inviting people. And I'm going to invite you. I'll make some room for you. I'm going to recruit some people from this campus to start making that campus their home. Or even just go there for three to six months to help, you know, just infuse that generation church 11 o'clock service passion into those services. So I'm going to need you to pray about that, okay? You're gonna, it's going to be the shortest mission trip you ever took, right? Just drive 20 minutes, be a part of launching this campus. I love it. I'm going to talk to you this morning about something that I hope will help you. I think this is an important topic that we all need to understand better. We all want to hear God speaking in our lives. And we know that God does speak to us, but we have to understand how to hear his voice. In John chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, Jesus is speaking and he says this, he calls his own sheep by name, that's the shepherd, Jesus is the great shepherd, and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Do you know that the Lord is constantly speaking to us? He wants to communicate with you and lead you, but you have to know his voice, you have to recognize his voice. If you're going to follow his guidance and his leading, you got to know his voice. And there's not one person in this room, in the sound of my voice, listening online, wherever you are when you hear this, whose life would not be dramatically better by understanding how to hear the voice of God better. Amen. I mean, you could be in the middle of the biggest marriage problem you've ever had, but one word from the Lord can turn your marriage completely around. You could be at the crossroads of a major decision in your life, but hearing God's voice can make the decision between total disaster and success. You could be in the middle of a terrible financial crisis, but God knows exactly what you need to turn that situation around, but you have to hear his voice. You've got to hear his voice. Maybe you have thought, well, okay, but I don't know how to hear his voice. 
I want to I hear him, but how do I know what his voice sounds like? Or, or maybe you thought that, you know, I was praying and I thought I heard his voice, but then I kind of I questioned it and, and I was confused. Like, how do I know that this isn't just my own thought? I, I'm not the one saying this. How do I know it's God's voice? Great questions. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. So here's what I'm going to talk about if you're taking notes. Here is how to hear the voice of God. you got to know how to hear his voice. Listen, it's never the Lord who's not speaking to us. It's us who's not hearing his voice. You've got to hear his voice. How many of you remember those old TVs? The ones that had two knobs and bunny ears. Remember those? And you had no remote. The youngest person in your family was the remote, you know, the living human remote. You're like, go change the channel. And you had to go up, and every time you change the channel, you had to adjust the bunny ears to, to dial in the reception because every channel was a little different, and you wanted to get the best possible signal for each channel. And how many of you would say, like, I was the best in my family at dialing in the bunny ears? And you'd be like, let me do it. I've got this, you guys. And if you're under 25 right now, you're like, what are we talking about? What are bunny ears, right? You got to hear God's voice. But in order to do that, you have to check your connection. This is the first thing you need to understand. If you want to hear the voice of God, you got to check your connection. Even in this world where we have satellite TV and LTE and gigabit fiber optic internet signals, having a bad connection will make all the difference and can potentially ruin your communication with someone. Can it? That's why we have the commercials of the dude with the glasses. Like, can you hear me now? And then he, he, tra he traded like size and now he's with Sprint and he's like, can you hear me now? Like, I don't even know what he's doing. But this, this is like real life. You talk to someone, maybe your friend lives down in Santan. I guess they haven't heard of cell phone towers down there because all my friends that live down there, I try to talk to them and like they're, and then I was like, and I'm like, what? I can't hear you. Do we have a bad signal? You get dropped calls and that's, that's frustrating. It's so frustrating. Like sometimes I'm trying to FaceTime Amy, my wife, and she's trying to make like sexy faces to me, so I'll hurry home. But bad signal will cause the call to drop. And I'm like, no! It, this happens to you too, right? Okay, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's so frustrating when you have a bad signal and you're breaking up and you're trying to figure out what the person said. It's awkward. It's annoying. God, he's transmitting to us 24-7 but a bad connection will prevent you from hearing. And if you can't hear his voice, you won't understand his ways. Now, this is the awkward part of this conversation this morning. The quality of your connection is determined by the choices that you make in your life. A good connection or a bad connection is available to you based on your life choices. Now, understand that this church, we believe that we are saved by grace as the Bible says that we are. We know that none of us are perfect. None of us deserve God's love. We didn't get ourselves here. We didn't find God. God found us. He saved us. He redeemed us even though we didn't deserve it. And he adopted us into his family. And now we just live this grace-filled life in God's favor. And we just enjoy this gift that we did not earn. We receive it through grace. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So when you come to this church week in, week out, man, we're not going to guilt trip you. 
We're not going to condemn you. Even if you guilt trip someone, it's not going to cause lasting change. It's cause a temporary change. So we're not here to guilt trip you. But I do want you to understand that God wants us to be holy. And I'm here to encourage you and give you good news. Like if you have sin in your life, God's grace is stronger than your sin. But God doesn't want you to sin. That's what Paul said in Romans. So we continue to sin so that his grace may abound. By no means you've died to sin. Right? And this is what it says in 1 Peter. Jesus bore our sins on the tree so that you could die to sin and live to righteousness. And this is what God wants. God actually wants you to be holy. 1 Peter also says, be holy as I am holy. That's what, what God says. Be holy. Now, we can't be perfectly holy. That's why Jesus did pay the penalty for our sins on the cross, because we needed a Savior to save us. But God wants us to be righteous. He wants us to be holy. So I want you to understand, you can have a bad connection with God, and it comes because of sinful choices. Write this down if you're taking notes. Sin interferes and disobedience lowers the volume. If you have sin in your life, I'm not talking about just like every day, okay, probably we haven't gone more than 24 hours without sinning in some way as human beings, but when you have sin and you knowingly continue in that sin out of stubbornness, man, that will create static and interference and a bad signal between you and God. It will interfere with your connection. And then when God does speak and you, you ignore him and you choose to disobey what he's told you, man, that lowers the volume on his voice. Every time we ignore God's voice, we get calloused to him. And it's like we turn that volume knob down and we become numb to his voice. And, and, and this happens when God is, is trying to guide you. He's trying to lead you and he'll tell you stuff and he'll try to speak to you and he'll say, hey, I want you to go speak to that person, that, that awkward person at your job that doesn't have a lot of friends and I want you to be their friend and I want you to encourage them. And you're like, me? No, 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 no. Surely you're mistaken, God. I'm not really that kind of person. I'm like the cool guy. I'm the shy person. I like to mind my own business. And God's like, you. And if you ignore him in that moment, you're turning the volume down. Or God will say, you're a Christian. Jesus gave his life for you. I want you to live generous as well. I want you to worship me with your finances. And so many Christians are like, nope, not doing it. You're turning the volume down. Or maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're hearing God say, I want you to invite that person to come be a part of your life group. And you're like, no, no, that, that person at church... She's weird, you know. My life group's full, God. <laughs> and you're, you're turning the volume. You're turning the volume down. Isn't it true that, and you know this if you have kids, you can learn to tune someone out. Praise Jesus, right? Like you could have your kids in the other room drowning and you learn as a parent how to tune that out, tune it out, right? Otherwise, it's like, a, it's like a survival mode, right? You gotta learn how to tune them out so you can have a little bit of peace. Hopefully you're not learning how to do this as a husband. I'm just gonna say, don't tune your wife out. But we sometimes tune out God's voice and we do this by disobeying him and sinning. And here's what I want you to understand. If you're not hearing God's voice, it might be because you've calibrated your heart to tune him out. I'll say that again. If you're not hearing God's voice, it might be because you've calibrated your heart to tune him out. 
And that is something that we can fix. So there's hope. You can get back on track. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, God is speaking to people who had lived sinfully and disobeyed him. And here's what he said. If my people who are called by my name, that's you, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then look at what will happen. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. You can have your lands restored. You know that? Now you're like, well, I don't have land. I don't know what that even means. Your land can be restored. See, your life might be jacked up and you need God to come in and fix some things in your life and help you get back on track and get your marriage back healthy and together again. And that is God healing your land. He's coming. He's changing your circumstances and fixing what is broken. And that happens when we confess our sins to God, humbling ourselves and turn from our wicked ways and seek his face. He's like, you can come back anytime you want and then you'll experience my restoration in your life. Sin creates interference. Disobedience turns the volume down, but holiness clears up the connection. And obedience to God's commands turns the volume up. You'll become even more sensitive to his voice and you'll be putting God in high definition the holier you live. We've all blown it. We've all sinned at time. And if there's sin in your life and you say, well, I've been disobeying God's commands, grace allows you to confess your sin, repent to God, and then move forward in his grace, move forward in his love and receive his favor. You can get back in alignment. That's the great thing about being a believer. One failure doesn't take you down and end your story. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. How many of you want powerful prayers? You want to have wonderful results when you pray. I want that. That's not a trick question. Whose prayers are powerful? A righteous man's. A righteous man or woman's prayers are powerful. Now, what does it mean to be righteous? Doesn't mean you have to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. But Abraham was considered righteous. Why? Because of his faith. You're considered righteous by God because you have faith in Jesus. Because you trust Jesus. Because when you do fail, you return to Jesus, confessing and repenting your sins and receiving forgiveness. It's faith that makes us righteous. David was considered a man after God's own heart, even though he blew it in the most catastrophic ways. I guarantee he sinned worse than any of you have. Yet he was considered a man after God's own heart. We can confess our sins and repent and turn to God, and we can be healed of this sin, having our connection with God cleared up. You'll hear him, and he'll respond to your prayers. Do you know that godly people, they hear God's voice? I can tell if you're hearing God's voice in your life because your life is godly. And you can look at someone, maybe you know people in your life, you'd say, like, man, he's a godly man. Maybe it's your grandpa or your dad. Maybe you have a friend at church and you say, she is a godly woman. I want to be like her. Hashtag goals, spiritual life goals. I want to be like that. I want to be like that when I grow up in Jesus. You can, you can tell someone's hearing God's voice because they have a godly life. And I can tell if you have a godly life, you've heard God's voice. God directs the steps of the godly, it says in Psalm 37. 
Psalm 37, God directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Whose steps does he direct? The godly's. If your life is ungodly, that's proof that God is not directing your steps. That's why it's ungodly. This is like kind of common sense logic. If you're not living a godly life, God isn't directing your steps and he won't direct your steps. Not because he doesn't want to, but because you won't let him. So if you'd like to have a successful life, be blessed, and experience all of God's goodness and gifts in your life, you want to listen to God's voice. You want to hear him. What does it mean to live a godly life? Again, you're not going to be perfect, but being godly means you want to be more like Jesus. You're saying, I want to be more like Jesus. I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect. I sometimes make mistakes, but I'm going to try to get closer tomorrow. I know God still loves me even when I fail. And when I do fail, I go to him and I repent and I receive his forgiveness. Praise God. It's so good to be forgiven. But I'm trying to get closer to Jesus. God wants me to be more like Jesus. And as you get closer to heaven, whether you die of old age or Jesus returns, when you receive a glorified body free from sin, you will be like Jesus. Free from sin, godly. You want this kind of life. Check your connection. If you want to hear God's voice, you got to make sure you eliminate unnecessary interference. You want that volume as loud as it can be. Doesn't mean you have to be perfect in order to hear him, but the more in alignment you come with the rhythms of the Lord, the easier it will be for you to hear his voice. So here's what you need to do. Now that we got that part out of the way, you've checked your connection, you need to listen to his voice. Ladies, has there ever been a time where you've been talking to a man and you would say, he heard me, but he wasn't listening to me? Yeah, I can see that you have. I can see it on your faces. There's been some times when my wife has come home from work and she said, okay, you got to get ready. We got to leave in 20 minutes. And I'm like, to where? She's like, I told you we got the thing we got to go to. I'm like, you never told me that. See, the thing is, she did tell me, but I wasn't listening. There's a difference between hearing and listening. That's the problem that most of us have. Not that we're not hearing God's voice, but that we're not listening to God's voice. God's transmitting 24-7. We want to turn our receiver on so we can receive the signal. If you're not a Christian, you don't even have a receiver. That's your problem. But once you get it turned on and you're hearing his voice, then you want to listen to it. You want to listen. In order to listen, you really need to know how God speaks. And that will help you. You'll learn how God speaks. That will help you hear his voice. I've learned through some time being married that my wife has certain ways of communicating. So there are certain cues that she's about to tell me something that I need to pay attention to, right? And, and I've picked that up over time, sometime the hard way, right? But there are certain things she'll say, there are th certain statements she'll make, and I'm like, okay, I feel like this is something I need to cue in, dial in, pay attention, and, and she'll start to speak, and, and it helps me listen. God speaks in certain ways. Here's what I want you to understand. God speaks through his spirit. 
He speaks through his spirit. Jesus told us this in John 14, 26, that when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm sending my spirit. And he's going to be the one that communicates with you, reminds you, and teaches you. So the Bible describes you consisting of basically three parts. The Bible says, if you'll read scripture, that you have a body, a mind, and a spirit. Now, we spend most of the time worrying about our body, okay? Let's just be honest. Looking in the mirror, starting your diet, quitting your diet, trying to get abs, comparing yourself to other people. That's enough about that. And then we have our minds, where we think and we reason. We form thoughts. And then you have your spirit. Your spirit came from God. The word for spirit is the same word for the breath of God, pneuma. God breathed his spirit into Adam, and that made him a human being different than all the other animals. That's why you have a conscience. That's why you have emotions. Your spirit is the eternal part of who you are when you die. Your spirit goes to be with God. Now, here is a little bit of like profound wisdom, right? The Holy Spirit communicates with your spirit. It's kind of common sense. Now, he can drop Thoughts in your head specifically, but because he's a spirit, I think primarily he communicates with your spirit. That's just how it works. Now, a common question and concern that Christians have, maybe you've had this one, kind of alluded to it earlier, is, well, how do I know I'm not just thinking these thoughts myself? How do I know this is really God's voice that I'm hearing, that these aren't just my ideas? Well, here is how. You have to understand that God is speaking through his spirit to your spirit. And so what happens is that as God speaks to you, what's going to happen, you know this if you've been a believer for a while, is you'll generally start to get maybe a feeling, right, at times. You'll say, like, I feel like God is leading me to do this. I sense that God is saying this or, or telling me to do something or telling me to stop doing this. I feel, right? It's like a sensation. God impresses on our spirit with his spirit. And so we kind of feel it, even though we can't always fully articulate what it is we're feeling. And then our spirit, which has now been receiving communication from God, our spirit forms thoughts to articulate what we're feeling through our own minds. And that's why a lot of times when we say, oh, I heard God speaking, his voice kind of has some similarities in flavor to our own voices because it's your own personality and your own mind forming thoughts to articulate what God is saying to your spirit. Are you following me? So sometimes you're going to have an idea in your head, and it'll be like, God is telling me this. God is saying this. Well, how do I know that's not just my own thought? Well, in a way, it is your thought, but it's coming from the communication of the Holy Spirit through your spirit. In fact, it even says in, in 1 Corinthians, who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In other words, your spirit is going to receive from God and your spirit's going to understand in a way that your own brain can't even articulate 
It's, kind of, it's like sometimes you say, like, subconsciously I felt that way. Well, that's another way of saying something spiritual from Scripture, that my spirit is sensing that God is leading, that he's communicating. And when the Holy Spirit communicates with your spirit, your mind will form thoughts from that. And that's why sometimes your thoughts and God's thoughts are similar, because your thought originated in a God thought. Okay, we're, we're on the same page right now, okay? I, I can tell that this is helping you. I love it. Uh, I'll keep going, okay? And, and now sometimes the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to us, he speaks in a loud way. Like God's voice is powerful. This is what it says in Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. That's awesome, right? If you've ever thought to yourself, man, I don't know if I should go to church today because God's going to strike me with lightning for what I did last night. You're not totally off base. I mean, look at what the Bible says. I'm just kidding. You should always come to church. God, he can speak loud. He can wake you up in the middle of the night. He can smack me upside the head sometimes. He can say, what are you doing? He can rock your world. Our God, his voice is mighty. He can say one word and a person can just drop dead. Ask Ananias and Sapphira. Or God can speak one word and call a man out of the grave. Ask Lazarus. His voice is mighty. Sometimes he speaks loud, but sometimes, and I think more often, he speaks softly. Who remembers Theodore Roosevelt's foreign policy philosophy? Speak softly and carry a big stick. I love it. I love it. I love having a big stick. Thank you, veterans. We love you. Speak softly and carry a big stick. God, he can speak softly because he has the biggest stick in the whole universe, right? He doesn't have to shout. And we have an example of this in 1 Kings 19. God is speaking, and he says, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. I mean, this is craziness right here. It's like Captain Planet, earth, wind, fire. (laughs) And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? This gentle whisper. I love what he says here. What are you doing here? Notice he told Elijah to go out and stand before him on the mountain. Elijah obeyed him because obedience turns the voice of God up. And then he heard God's voice. What are you doing here? Elijah. See, God, I think, most often speaks to us in a still, small voice, in a gentle whisper, because he wants it so that only those who are listening to him will actually hear his voice. If you're listening for his voice, you'll hear his voice. And if your life is so busy and frantic that you never stop to catch your breath, you're going to have a hard time hearing his voice and listening for it. Do you have space in your life? Have you created space in your schedule to, as Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God? That's what God wants for us. He wants us to stop sometimes to be still so that we can listen to his voice. Usually we pray the same way that we live, busy, busy, busy. And we're good talkers when we pray, but we're not always good listeners. 
Sometimes we have to stop talking and be still so that we can know God is speaking to us. And as you listen to his voice, you'll grow in understanding. Jesus said in Matthew 13, To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. So the more you listen, the more you're going to know. The more you know, the more you'll understand. The more you understand, the more you're going to understand what God wants for you, the better your life will be. We want to listen to his voice. Here's the second thing we have to do. We have to recognize his voice. You want to recognize it. In John 10, 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. He's describing here knowing someone, being familiar with that person. And, and how many of you know that Jesus knows me, but he really knows the father? I mean, they are one. They really know each other. And like, I know my cousin, but I really know my brother. And I knew that girlfriend, but I really know my wife. How many of you have been married less than three years? Anybody? Okay, congrats, congrats, congrats. We'll pray for you, congrats. And, and, and you got married because you got to know your, fian- your girlfriend, your fiance, your boyfriend, and you're like, I like what I see, right? I like it, I'm gonna put a ring on it. We're gonna get married. Hopefully you know them, right? Hopefully you didn't just meet one night and go to Vegas. If you did, again, we have counseling at this church, so. But then you know that after a certain amount of time goes by, you get to know each other better. And you're like, well, I knew him then, but now I really know him. And I still choose to love him nonetheless by God's grace. And then you've been married for a little while. Now, how many have been married longer than 15 years? Awesome. Now you really know. You really know that person. You say, I used to think I knew her. Now I know her. I used to think I knew him. And that's the same thing with God. The more you get to know him, the more you'll be able to recognize his voice. It will become more familiar and you'll recognize that he's speaking to you more quickly. Now, I don't want to brag or anything, but I have heard the audible voice of God spoken. And you can too. There's just a few things you got to do. First, get a Bible. Second, read the Bible out loud. And you will hear the audible voice of God speaking. It's amazing. This is free, too. Can you believe it? You'll be able to recognize God's voice quicker through the word of God. You, I, I like shortcuts, you know, like I, I like discovering hacks and way to get, get through things, speed up the process. Reading the word of God will make it easier for you to recognize his voice because you're reading words that he's already spoken. You can speed up the process. Second Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So all of scripture comes from God, is breathed out from God through his Holy Spirit. God used men to write down his word. Now we have the word of God. We can read it. And the more you read it, the more you'll get to know God. You'll become more familiar with his voice. And as his spirit now speaks to your heart, the, now that you recognize his voice more, more readily, you'll say, oh, that sounds like something God would say. So the more you recognize his voice, the easier it will be for you to hear his voice. Here's the third thing you need to do. You need to confirm his voice. You want to confirm that what you're hearing 
really did come from God. Because there are some times where you think you heard from God, but it was really just that Filiberto's burrito you ate way too late last night. You're like, ah, you want to slow down and confirm that that was really God. And there are times that you do wonder, and it's hard to figure out, well, are these my thoughts or are these God's thoughts? Is he speaking to me? Now, there are some steps you can take to confirm that you're hearing his voice. And I'm very spiritual, so I like to say it like this. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, you just got to check before you wreck yourself. You want to make sure. And here's how you can confirm that you're hearing God's voice. Here's a few different things you can do. First, you can confirm that he's the one speaking to you through other people. Other people, other Christians and believers, God gives you as a gift, and God will use them to confirm his voice. In Colossians 3.16, we receive this encouragement to teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. So there are other people that God will bring into your life. You can go to them and receive godly counsel. You can be taught, and that will help you to discern between good ideas and God ideas. Now, let me give a quick warning and disclaimer. You want to be cautious when anyone comes up to you and says the following. God told me to tell you, right? I always look at that person with a little bit of caution. There's been a lot of young men who've gone up to girls in churches and said, God told me to tell you that we should go out. Right? Are you not picking this up? I obviously must be more holy than you. Right? No, 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 no. Like, God will sometimes speak through other people, but usually it will be to confirm what he's already spoken to you. Okay? So you need to understand that. Now, there will be times when you feel like God is speaking to you, and you can go to other people and ask for wisdom. You can go to someone like a life group leader or a team leader where you serve, or a pastor in your church, or some spiritual mentor, and say, hey, let me bounce this off you. I've been praying about this, and get feedback to confirm. And you want to remember Proverbs eleven fourteen says, there is safety in having many advisors. You don't just want one advisor. You don't just want two. You want many. Because we all know that there are certain people who will tell you what you want to hear. Am I right? You've got that one friend who will tell you what you want to hear. You're mad. You got in a fight. You're like, what should I do? I'm going to call my friend who doesn't take crap from anyone. That's what I'm going to do because I know he'll confirm what I feel like God is speaking, which is to punch that person in the face. See, you need many advisors. You need people with different gifts, different abilities. And that's what I love to do. I love when I'm praying about something. I do this all the time. I call other pastors. I ask for feedback, I ask for wisdom, I talk to parents, I talk to friends. Hey, hey, how does this hit you? And it doesn't mean that I'm just going to do what a person tells me to do, but God will use those people to confirm his voice or to save you from unnecessary heartache. So you want to use other people and take advantage of that gift. Fools don't do this, okay? This is what Proverbs says. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. And I come across people all the time in the church, and they are on a hundred mile an hour course towards a cliff, and they would not listen to you even though their life depends on it. Don't be that guy, right? Don't be the guy who says, I've already decided what I'm going to do, and I don't want to hear anything else about it. Listen and receive godly counsel. You can confirm God's voice through other people, and you can confirm his voice with the word of God. 
Okay, now this was something we just kind of hit on, but the Holy Spirit of God would never contradict the word of God, right? We all understand this. There is no new revelation that's going to contradict what he's already said. Sorry, Mormons, we don't get a new revelation. What God has spoken is eternal. He doesn't contradict himself. He's not schizophrenic, okay? So God is not going to tell you to do something that he's already said uh, in his word differently, okay? He's not going to tell you to leave your wife because you want a new one. And I've heard people say stuff like this. God just wants me to be happy. God wants you to obey him is what he wants you to do. And when you obey him, you'll find happiness comes, right? I met one lady one time and she was like, God told me that I don't need to give in the offering until I pay off my mortgage. I was like, oh, he told you that, did he? That's interesting. It's interesting how you keep going on Disneyland vacations while you have a mortgage, but God is supposed to wait till you're debt free, till you give anything into his kingdom. Like, I don't think God told you that, right? I don't think God told you that it's okay to cheat on your taxes because everyone does it. I don't think God told you that you should just skip church and, and you'll be fine on your own because he's already said differently in this word. And you can go to his word and confirm that you're hearing his voice. He'll never contradict himself. The more you understand and know the word of God, the easier it will be for you to avoid disaster. You'll be able to confirm you're hearing his voice. And here's a question that I like to ask myself and you can ask yourself when you're trying to figure out, am I hearing the voice of God? Ask yourself this, what I'm hearing, will this lead me to be more like Jesus? Is this something Jesus would say? Is this something Jesus would do? Is this how Jesus would give? And when it seems that God is leading you to be more like Jesus, there's a good chance that you might be hearing the voice of God. There are a lot of times that God says something, and I know that, man, that had to come from God. Because we all know what the Bible says, that all of us have fallen short of God's glory, and no one's righteous, and we have a sinful nature, and God's redeeming us from that, but we're still a work in progress. So we have a natural bent towards sin. So when God is speaking to me to do something that that sin would not want me to do, man, there's a good chance that that's coming from God. When God tells me, like, I want you to give more in the kingdom builder's offering, I'm like, are you sure? I know this is not coming from me. This had to be coming from God. When God says, I want you to go and be nice to that person and talk to them, even though they need some DO for their BO. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, God, please, but okay, I know this wasn't my idea. Is it more like Jesus? Is he leading you to be more like him? Well, that's a good chance that God really is speaking to you. It might not be something that you want to hear, but it might be God. Here's the third thing you can do to confirm God's voice, and I'm going to close with this. You can confirm that you're hearing his voice with peace. God brings peace that surpasses understanding. And there will be times when you're going through a difficult situation and you're trying to figure out what your next step is and you feel uncertainty and anxiety possibly. God brings peace. And when you hear his voice, you'll feel the peace of God settle into your heart. It says in Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So when you're hearing God speak to you, you're going to feel that peace settle in. Maybe, maybe not the, the first moment you hear it, but there will be a second uh, well, that comes. There will be a moment that comes where you'll say, man, I start to feel this peace and that I didn't have before, that God really is leading me to this. And God wants you to have peace in your heart. So he will lead you to peace. But listen to this. 
Just because you have peace in your heart, it doesn't mean that you won't still be tempted to worry. We're always going to be tempted to worry. The enemy of God wants you to worry, and he'll say, well, what if this? What if that? But God, he leads us through faith into his blessing. So he's going to give you encouragement. He's going to give you direction. He's going to give you a peace where you know, man, this is God speaking. And then you got to follow him, and you got to choose to trust him, even though the what ifs and the I don't knows are still going to be there. You got to check your connection. You got to listen to his voice. You want to recognize his voice as you become more familiar with him. Then you want to confirm that you're hearing his voice. That's always a good step. If you do these things, you'll hear the voice of God and all the good things that he has for you will be available. They'll be right there. You want this. I know you do in your life. We all do. And God wants it for you as well. Here's what we're going to do at this time. We're going to take some time to pray independently, you and God. And for some of you, this might be an unfamiliar experience to just sit and pray. We all know we need to pray more. Nobody has ever prayed and then said, like, I need to do that less. So this is only going to be good. And for some of you, it might be new. But I want you to take this time now to pray. We're going to stay seated. We're not going to start singing yet. We're just going to pray. And I'm going to give you some guidance here. There's an acronym for prayer that we can use as we go through this time, and you can use this in your life. P is praise. Give God praise. Tell him that he's good. Tell him how holy he is, how awesome and mighty he is. He loves it when we praise him. He inhabits the praises of his people. R is repent. You got to check your connection, right? And if there's sin in your life, if you've been knowingly disobeying God, you can repent and confess that to God, and he'll forgive you. So do that. Then A is ask. Ask God to meet your needs. Ask him to speak to you. Ask him for healing. Ask him for your loved ones to be saved, whatever needs you have. Then why is yield. Stop talking. I know this is hard at times. Stop talking. Yield the floor to God. Let him speak to you. And then when he speaks to you, yield to what you're hearing. E is engage. Engage with what you're hearing. Talk to God about what you're hearing. Ask him even, you know, am I hearing from you, God? I feel like I'm hearing you say this. Is this really coming from you? You can even tell him honestly if you're like, I don't like this. I don't like what you're saying right now. You can engage with him. And then R is receive. Receive the truth that he's speaking to you. Receive the encouragement that he's speaking to you. God always speaks love to us, even when he corrects us. So when you hear that love coming from him, receive that love. Receive that forgiveness. Receive the correction that he gives. This is how we pray. Okay, so we're going to do right now is we're just going to take some time and we're going to pray. You can stay seated. You can stand if you want. You can talk out loud to God. You can pray in your own mind. But I'm not going to lead you in this part. We're going to take the next five minutes and just pray. Don't leave, please, unless it's an absolute emergency. All right, let's do it. Thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. You are good, God.